Let me guess, your marketing team has someone that always does their own thing, regardless of what you, management, or clients say, or you have that person that seems to always wanna think and talk about the solution, but very rarely executes anything. Now, these are a few examples of what we call market types. And guess what, you're probably one of them, and we're gonna learn why they're so important for marketers today in this episode. What's up, Team H community? Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co, your number one resource for proactively advancing and accelerating your marketing career. So first, big thanks to our premier sponsor, LinkedIn Learning. And listen, now's a good time to level up on your marketing skills. Head on over to themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning. And we've curated all the necessary marketing skills courses, videos for you to get started. So definitely check that out. All right, today's episode, I am joined by Jed Singer, co-founder of The Marketing Help. And he and I are going to discuss the concept that we've been kicking around for years now. And it's based off of our experiences working in marketing teams. So in our experiences, building teams, managing teams, working with uh, cross-functionally with other marketing teams, you start to identify certain trends and certain working styles. And when they start to become very predictable you, and you realize it, you realize, wait a minute, there's ways I can leverage this to become a better teammate, manager, client, agency, partner, whatever the case may be. Now, this concept is called, we call it a market type. And market type, so it's archetype, but in a marketing context, and it's a market type. Now, we're going to review the top six most common market types you're going to find on a marketing team. And more importantly, it's how do you leverage these market types, identifying these market types in your team to discover your own marketing weaknesses, but more importantly, how to better manage up, manage down, manage across, whatever your role is, much more effectively. So let's get into it. Here's our discussion on market types. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. Good episode today. I'm joined by Jed Singer. Jed, welcome to the episode. Hey, Eric, how you doing? All right, so... Um, we definitely wanted to cap this. I think this episode is is way overdue. We wanted we've been talking about this topic for years since we've been you know building the marketing help, and you know we call them market types, and we'll get into more about what they are. But I think what's interesting is that when we talk with our enterprise clients, when we talk with our mentees, when we talk with the community, there's always some combination. There's always some identification of a market type. Now, market types we're, we're spinning off of an archetype which is by definition, a typical example of a person or thing. But we realize, you know, there's assessments that identify behavior patterns and those are great for everyone. But then there's what we decided is, or what we identified is that there are very specific nuances to marketers that warrant creating specific market types. So yeah. again, it's it's great when we meet someone like, oh, that's definitely a gunslinger. And, and, and we know what it means. So now it's time to bring everyone else into our our kind of lexicon and, and but but we're going to get to the why and why this is important for all marketers to know so you know maybe kick it off with your thoughts and and maybe run through what the market types are we've identified six so we can kind of cut cover those quickly and, and let everyone know what we're, what we're seeing yeah I, I i love the market types and i think eric we first started talking about these in like 2017 um early, early days with the marketing help. And I, I want to say we had a list of like 70, <laughs> just as, okay. as we were listing off all these different 
personas, these different types of marketers that we've bumped into over the, over the years of our career. Um, and we sort of boiled them down over the course of, you know, working through those enterprise clients, working with, you know, the, the folks in our mentorship program, we sort of boiled them down to six. And um, it's not to say that those are six mutually exclusive. We've a, a visual um, of the, the six market types that's in the community. You can go to the marketinghelp.co slash market types, and you'll go right to the, the post in the community that talks about the market types and shows you the, the six uh, different flavors of marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can fall in between them, right? There's, there's overlap in the Venn diagram. And the goal really is to uh, be a blend of the six, right? And, and not necessarily to be a pure gunslinger or a pure Olympian, um, but to sort of understand what the strengths and weaknesses of those different archetypes are and where your blind spots are uh, for, for those six, right. Understand what your DNA kind of is right off the bat, uh, your natural tendencies are mm-hmm. and what the weaknesses are of that particular market type and give you an opportunity to shore up some of those skills and get into the, the overlap of the Venn diagram a little bit. And the best part about this is when you go through each of these, uh, market types, everyone listening is going to say either, yep, that's me. Or they're going to say, yep, that's the person I work with, or yep, that's my manager. Or yep, that's my client. So exactly. Uh, let's serve it up here. We've kind of referenced a couple of them, but again, these are great. It, it's because it, I think at one point we're going to write a book about the seventy to hundred market types. But oh yeah, uh, through the conversation, still, it's still kicking around that book somewhere. <laughs> these are the um, six. These are the six. Yes, the, these these are sort of the the purest versions of our of our archetypes, and um, so yeah, we can we can run through them. Uh, we we are still working in the background on uh, an ebook that goes into greater depth and is sort of like a strength finder. Um, and we'll have an assessment coming out soon as well, sort of like a personality test, but gives you a lot of actionable uh, insights into exactly what we were just saying. Uh, what are your strengths as this market type? What are your weaknesses or blind spots? And how do you shore those up? Uh, so the six that we've identified uh, through our careers and that you're all going to um, are, you know, <laughs> instantly uh, either identify with yourself or, or someone that you've worked with. First one is a Swiss army knife, right? This is, this is your marketer that can kind of do it all. Um, jack of all trades, expert of none in a good way. Um, someone that is ready to roll up their sleeves and learn, learn a new channel, uh, learn a new tactic or type of campaign that they've never run before. They've got a lot of really good, um, horizontal skills, you know, part of our, part of our activate skill building framework. They've got a lot of skills that, uh, cross boundaries aren't necessarily channel specific. They're maybe good storytellers. They're good project managers. They're really good at communication and collaboration. Uh, they don't necessarily have a channel specialty. They're sort of that Swiss army knife. Your, your team needs a lot of good Swiss army knives, yeah. uh, knives. The, the, the second one is sort of the other spectrum is the Olympian. Right. This is your channel expert. Um, your your you know your best SEO on the team. Uh, your best event marketer. Your best product marketer. Your best field marketer on the team. Someone that has spent ten plus years in a single channel uh, or or pair of related channels right. and um, is up to date on everything that's changing in that particular discipline. Maybe even speaks at industry events. Uh, conferences, uh, co-host webinars. This is someone on your team that is sort of the acknowledged expert in a particular discipline. Yep. 
We talked to a couple of them in a couple of our career moments episodes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's good to have a couple of Olympians and you want to have those Olympians in uh, disciplines and channels, obviously, that are strategic for your business. Um, so once you identify SEO or event marketing as strategic for your go to market, that's a time to then invest in an Olympian for that particular channel. Love it. Um, next would be probably the the cowboy uh, which <laughs> was was me for probably the, the first half of my career. Um, the cowboy is someone that is uh, they that trusts their intuition, um, that shoots first and aims second, and someone who uh, is creative, innovative, can see things um, sort of before they happen a little bit, ha- has that sort of intuition, yep. and um, really trusts their gut. Right. And, and not necessarily the most data driven marketer on your yep. team, probably um, not someone that uh, maybe sweats the sweats, the details, <laughs> but someone that's ready to dive in and execute. Right. And, and, you know, one of the weaknesses here or um, one of the, um, uh, the, the blind spots for a gunslinging cowboy uh, or just a cowboy for short is collaboration, right? And, and building trust and alignment with your team. If you've got a lot of cowboys, uh, you probably don't have that much alignment or collaboration on the team. Yep. Um, it means that you've got you know, a lot of autonomous marketers uh, who really need to focus on um, building, building those collaboration muscles a little bit more. The ones that are acting rogue, the ones that are asking for forgiveness and not permission, those are your gunslinging cowboys. Yes. And and you need one or two of those sure. on the team, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they'll help to break down walls. They'll help to get around red tape. Um, they'll find really creative ways to make a, um, uh, a business case for something new and innovative. They're, they're really creative. Uh, but yes, they, they, uh, they also, uh, move fast and break things. Yep. Um, they, they shoot first, uh, uh, another, so number four, I would say, so we did Swiss army knife, Olympian cowboy. Um, let's talk about the big picture planner. Mm-hmm. Um, big picture planner is your strategist. Usually, um, they're, you know, usually they're the ones that get elevated to manager or director level role. Someone that's got this kind of DNA that can understand how to put a roadmap together, how to pull pieces, puzzle pieces together that might not seem to fit, or how to um, bring bring a plan together, right? Not necessarily just a campaign, but uh, a program or an initiative on your team. They're good at bringing things together and synthesizing. Um, you want a couple of big picture planners. The um, weaknesses usually with big picture planners come when it, when we talk about um, execution, right? Yep. And the, the rubber meeting the road, uh, they're really good getting presentations, story mode, getting alignment, collaboration, uh, understanding current state, future state, but it can be hard for them to get off the starting blocks mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to activation, when it comes to campaign or different initiatives. So that, that's another one where you got to keep an eye on the big picture planner. They're critical to team success, but you got to keep things, you got to keep them moving too. You got to show different ways to motivate them to get them started with the great, beautiful plans that they put together. And everyone's thinking about that manager that uh, often delegates a ton because they spend a lot of time big picture planning. Again, not that that's wrong, but that's a, a skill that's necessary to have on the team. And the other thing to quickly to call out is when you think about, you mentioned earlier about the, the diagram that we're going to share, 
is that when it comes to promoting those that get promoted, it's sure entry-level marketer may start out as the channel specialist, the Olympian, but if you can see hints of the big picture planner in that specialist, that's usually what is a good signal to say, Hey, this individual could be a great uh, manager, manager of projects eventually. So yes. So that's four. We have two more next. Yeah. Um, so these two are, are interrelated, but they're different. Um, so this next one would be the data nerd. Uh, the data nerd is someone that, you know, this is a marketer that loves the data and ideally also loves the insights, right? That, that they're pulling out of the data. They're not just a data hound uh, in the spreadsheets, but they're also really obsessed with understanding the business and how the business works and what numbers uh, matter to the business. Right. So you need a couple data nerds on the team who are ready to crush the pivot table. Um, you can you can uh, trust them to comb through the data, make sure that it's trustworthy, it's clean. Uh, they're, they're great for designing data management process. Um, they know how to keep data clean. They know how to use data and they can work really well with big picture planners to build those roadmaps, those plans based on insight that the, the data nerd has pulled out. Uh, but the blind spot comes when they're overly reliant on that data and they get tunnel vision uh, without trying to understand the business context. Right. So then, then I love it. So then it's too much to the, uh, the one extreme, which is it's all about the formatting and formulas. But wait a minute, these numbers don't make any sense. There's no way this forecast could be anywhere close to happening. But the, the, the true data nerd, the weakness is Again, they miss the acumen. They miss the business acumen yep. piece of these numbers are unrealistic, uh, or there's no way that something can increase 300% based on everything going around. Uh, but you love those data nerds. You love them because yeah, you need you, them. You need them when you need to have that pivot table created or to make sense of you know just a, a spreadsheet of data or numbers. They're, they're the go-to. Um, and when you when you mentioned a, a minute ago, Eric, about um, promotability, right? And and if you're in a leadership role, planning succession, or you know if you're in a manager role, how to spot some future talent that you can co-promote, right? As as you move up to a director level or a leadership level, um, data data nerds are a place to look, right? If they do have that business acumen, they understand how the business works and how, how the numbers of the business, the business math adds into the marketing math. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful DNA. If you can find them with a little bit of a, this is where we talk about the Venn diagram starting to overlap. Yeah. If you can find them with a little bit of a big picture planner, a little bit of a Swiss army knife, you're starting to see some DNA come together of a future leader for sure. I mean, we all know Other, the power, power of analytics for any marketer. So even if you're, I can hear people, you know, saying to themselves, oh, I hate numbers. Yeah, I'm definitely not a data nerd. Well, true, but um, that's why you want to look for that data nerd in your organization to learn from them because you're going to need to know something uh, and have some familiarity and comfort level with data. May not be a yes. complete data nerd, but again, find those people, connect with those people. Uh, if you're a manager, make sure that they're definitely on your team. And if they're not on your team, find ways to develop and level up your current team members so that they can have some aspects of the data nerd market type uh, as part of their career journey. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Now, this episode of the Market Careers Podcast is sponsored by Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Now, as marketers, we know that knowledge is power when it comes to finding ways to, to grow your business. And every marketer has their favorite tool to get that intelligence, to get the insight, but it often comes with that hefty 
uh, or confusing pricing model. Now, if you're a marketer, you've heard of the tool, the SEO tool, Ahrefs, right? But you, did you know that they now offer access to their main site research products for free? All you need to do is go to hrefs.com slash AWT. You can access all the power of their site audit and site explorer tools for nothing, for free. So uh, there's even a great walkthrough video when you get there. We'll walk you through and tell you how to get started in, in minutes. Now, listen, this tool goes way beyond what you can get in Google Search Console. And you're unlocking insights for your site that will help you be successful, be more competitive. And listen, the Ahrefs Webmaster Tools aren't just for the SEO team, right? So the content marketing team are gonna use this tool to find the right trending topics, key terms, understand how to drive more traffic of the right traffic to your web content. Social media teams can identify which content is actually getting the most earned media and engagement. So, hey, the marketing manager, right? It's time to empower your teams, let them start making more strategic decisions with Ahrefs for free. And remember, listen, Ahrefs, you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more of the right traffic. So get started right now at hrefs.com forward slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash AWT. Now let's get back to the episode. And a marketing leader would hope that all of their managers, all of all of their marketing managers are uh, really fluent in data and marketing analytics. Um, so, you know, that's, that's why we say, Hey, the, the data nerd, as soon as you start to get some of the other DNA of these other archetypes with the data nerd, yep. they, they become promotable. They become future stars really quickly. And, you know, mental note or physical note for everybody else, who's one of the other archetypes at the associate level, find that data nerd on your team and learn from them. Right. There's, there's a lot you can learn from that person who, you know, they're, they they may have a marketing analyst title or they may not. They might be channel specific, but find the person, the guy or gal who's on the team that's obsessed with the numbers and really likes working with the numbers and partnering with the big picture planners to put those stories and the decks together. Um, you can learn from them and, and get some of that DNA for yourself so that you can round yourself out as well. Nice. I, so, so sixth, last and certainly not least, and related to the data nerd is, is the growth hacker. Yep. Um, and so growth, growth is a funny term in marketing, right? We, we, we're all, as far as business is concerned, that's the only goal of business is growth, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there have been roles that have come and gone in marketing. Right now, we're also seeing a lot of uh, a big trend in terms of hiring growth marketers, what are called growth marketers, which technically means that it's someone, it's a team, it's a subfunction that's dedicated to existing accounts, right? Marketing to existing accounts to increase customer loyalty, to cross-sell, upsell, to keep, uh, keep that existing big account uh, with you longer. Um, so growth marketing, that's growth marketing. That's sort of separate from when we talk about growth hacker. Mm. Growth hacker is a term that came up, I, I don't know how, how many years ago in marketing. Um, uh, and, and also not to be confused with hacking marketing, a uh, book by Scott Brinker, very good book. Uh, but growth hackers are those that are really fluent in the technology. Um, they have a little bit of Swiss army knife to them 
in that they're they're not necessarily channel specific or discipline specific. Uh, they've got a lot of different skills, and they're a little bit of data nerd in that they understand that there's data flowing through all of these different platforms that we do marketing through today. And they're they're technology agnostic, but they're technology obsessed. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a growth hacker, they can be super valuable at solving a narrow problem or challenge, right? You can throw something at them like our, our signup process is broken. Our free trial process is broken. Um, our, our lead magnet lead generation process is broken. Um, we're not growing our social communities anymore. They've, they've started to mature. Uh, from an SEO standpoint, our SEO traffic is declining. Right. You can give them a challenge and they will wrap their, they're very creative, right? So they've got some of that creative uh, cowboy DNA as well, um, but they can wrap their head around a chat, patch together a bunch of um, tech and, and think about the challenge with the lens of marketing technology and data and come back with something that's really creative and innovative. Um, and they're the person to put on your pilot project. They're the person to put on your innovation initiative. They're the person to throw, maybe not the most critical challenge or highest priority initiative, but, but something that's in your top five, that's been dogging you a little bit as a, as a manager that you haven't had the time or resources to figure out, throw your growth hacker on it and you'll, you'll have a solution uh, and not necessarily the most elegant one, but you'll, you'll have a really good solution uh, that you can potentially roll out and scale up. So you can partner them with someone like a data nerd, someone like a Swiss army knife, someone like a big picture planner They're they're They become sort of a skeleton key for the team. Hmm. Um, you don't, you don't want an army of growth hackers necessarily, yeah. but they're a really important ingredient to a successful marketing team. And I, you know, you're going through that description. And I'm thinking about some of the greatest teams I've been working with and there, there has been representation. And then when you see the growth hacker work with the channel specialist and the data nerd, I mean, it's like music. It's watching them operate together, f- feed off of all their strengths, yeah, uh, rec- recognize their weaknesses, et cetera. So um, here we have our six market types, Swiss Army Knife, Channel Specialist, Big Picture Planner, Gunslinging Cowboy, uh, Data Nerd, Growth Hacker. Um, so given all that, again, we're going to provide, we have the link, uh, marketinghelp.co forward slash market types. Now, what do we do? Now, as a marketer, mm. we've identified, self-identified, we're a manager, we find ourselves in our teams. Uh, what, what, what are we doing with this information? Well, what's the best thing for our audience to be doing with this? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where the market types get fun, right? When, when they become a little bit actionable uh, or a lot of it actionable in other cases. So um, personal, right? Personal growth, personal self-discovery is, is use case number one for the market type where you can identify yourself. You can understand what maybe some of the strengths and blind spots are and start to shore up those, those blind spots by skill building initiatives and, you know, being aware first, first step of anything is right is awareness of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to start to round yourself out and become one of those sort of overlapping areas in in the diagram, rather than just a pure play Swiss Army knife or growth hacker or cowboy, um, that's when you start to grow as a marketer. And that's when you start to become promotable. The second thing, the second use case for market types really is for managing up, one of our favorite topics. So, 
Um, your, your manager, uh, might be wonderful. They might be not so wonderful, uh, but they are one of these market types as well. And your ability to work with your manager, uh, communicate with your manager, um, take things off their plate and, uh, manage up all of the things that go into managing up and helping them do their job and helping them help you be successful. Uh, if you're able to identify what kind of market type they are, you've got the, the blueprint, right? You've got the crib notes as to how to communicate with them, how to work with them on projects, how to work with them in meetings, in one-on-ones and in team meetings. Um, you, start, you start to see how best you can get the most out of your relationship with your manager if you know they're more of a Swiss army knife or more of a data nerd or more of a big picture planner. You can start to have a more effective relationship with your manager. Love it because I could recall working with managers that were big picture planners. My learning experience was going to them with all the gross details as a channel specialist mm-hmm. and they wanted nothing to do with it. They were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me the crib, give me the high level, give me the notes. And it took me a couple of meetings to realize that, but had I known this, you know, then I would even thought I would have gone high level and then let them ask for more detail, but I would have saved two meetings, probably would have helped to build a stronger relationship. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is great for the managing up, which we love. Uh, this this fast forwards your is what you just said, right? This fast forwards your relationship with your manager and how effectively you can work with them. And we we've talked about, you know, one of our favorite topics is uh, career currency, mm-hmm. right? And and career moments and accumulating career currency happens all over. It can be someone with you that you're connected with loosely, a former colleague. Uh, someone that's a peer of yours or with your manager, many others, but also with your manager. And when it comes to promotability, if you want to get a raise, if you want to get a promotion, you should be focused on building career currency with your manager. That's the number one uh, thing, that ingredient in the recipe of getting a promotion is how much career currency can you accumulate with your with your direct manager. And that career currency results in opportunities for career moments. You get bigger projects, you get bigger initiatives, you get higher profile campaigns that you run. And all of that leads to the raise, the promotion, the great performance review that leads to those two things. And by understanding what type of marketer they are, uh, you are fast forwarding that relationship. You are giving yourself an extra year or two or five of building up career currency with them. Right. So then you know, we're talking about managing up being a good use case here, but then it goes reverse too for, for another why here, which is you're the manager, you're the marketing team manager, you're managing down. And mm-hmm. wow, look at the insights you have because, you know, remember that last 360 review you got as a marketing manager and somebody said you were not approachable. Somebody said that you were um, uh, not connected, right? Too high level. Mm-hmm. What they're telling you is you're recognizing what your feedback you're getting. Well, now you're ready to recognize it of your team uh, when you understand that you have the the growth hacker and you have the gunslinger and now you know how to approach them. So it works the same way. Exactly. It works down to, and um, you know, these are uh, as (laughs) we're we're talking, right. And uh, for a team leader, you might say, Hey, I've already got disc. Right, I've got DISC, and I know how how my team is organized in terms of DISC, and wh- how I need to be talking to them. And yes, DISC is great. DISC is timeless in a sense, and it has a lot of value, but it's not marketing specific. Um, when you and I were talking about the market types, 
years ago in 2017, it had a, it was a little more five love languages than it was disc. And so, so, so this is really when it comes down to managing down, just, just like managing up. If you, if you're giving that feedback in that performance review and it's not sinking in and you can tell it's not getting through or you're getting yes, right. You're getting not the big nods. uh, And I, I totally understand. I totally understand. And then they make the same errors or mistakes, or you're seeing the same issues for the next month. Uh, it just means you're, you're not reading their market type well enough. You're not giving them opportunities to succeed or shining a light on the areas that they, the weaknesses that they need to shore up. Right. And that's, that's on you as a manager. And this is, this is again, like the blueprint for how your team is structured as marketers. Um, these six market types and, and the sort of hybrids that live in the uh, overlap of the Venn is your opportunity to map out who's on your team and start to say, you know what, this is this person that I've given the same feedback to for the last four performance reviews. And I've sort of given up on maybe let me, let me try hitting with them knowing that they're a growth hacker and they want to be working on these innovation projects or knowing that they're a Swiss army knife and they're not an Olympian. They're not going to give me the, uh, most amazing SEO strategy, but how can I use them? How can I give them the tools to be successful based on their market type or shift them into another type of marketer? Which then feeds into the hiring planning. So you're the manager, you got to fill some gaps because you realize that you need to fill positions or you have an open rec. Well, gut check yourself on that open rec. Who do you, who do you really need in that position? The job description says content marketing manager. But who do you really need? Do you need a big picture planner? Do you need, actually need the channel specialist? I've made the mistake of hiring a big picture planner in a content marketing manager role that had to be, I needed them to be uh, more of a Swiss army knife and less of a, I'll sit over here and and think and talk all day. No. We all have. Yeah. So, so gosh, what a great tool to have, which again, uh, to reference when looking to fill those uh, marketing positions on your team. So think t- Think beyond just the job description and think more about what is the market type you need in that position based on everyone else that's on the team. Yeah. Uh, so, so well said, Eric. And um, we have another uh, really amazing guide that's coming out, the 101 roles in marketing, um, which sounds kind of kind of staggering. That, yeah. But yes, there are 101 roles in marketing. Um, and it, it comes down to this. When you're hiring for a specific marketing role on your team, does their market type, does the market type of the person that fills that seat matter? And it depends. As every, as every marketing question and answer goes, it, it depends. For many marketing roles, you are looking for a specific marketing type or blend of a couple of market, market types. Um, you, you do want to have a certain kind of DNA with a specific role. If you're talking about a content marketer, you do kind of want that creative lens on, on a problem or an opportunity. Um, if you're looking for a marketing analyst, you absolutely want to have someone with data savvy, right? That, that data nerd on your team that can help you get the most out of the requirements for that role. Some roles, if you're talking about a marketing generalist or even a digital marketing generalist, you can have a Swiss army knife, right? You wanna be able to look for Olympian potential in that Swiss army knife that you bring on board though. So we outline 101 roles in marketing and make suggestions about which market type you probably wanna have in this seat, two or three 
Uh, and then we also tell you if if it doesn't really matter for that particular role, um, anyone would be good. As you start to move up in the in the organization from associate or coordinator to manager, strategist, senior manager, director, um, all the way up to you know head of marketing or team leader um, or a functional leader. Um, being having some of that big picture planner DNA, as we said before, is is really important. Having some of that data nerd DNA, so that you can trust that the team is making data driven decisions, uh, is really important. Some of this starts to fade away, and and you don't you don't necessarily need to be the Olympian. Uh, in a leadership role. You don't necessarily need to be the cowboy. <laughs> Hopefully you're not the cowboy in a leadership role. So yes, you you really want to know what kind of a market type you're looking for in a hire. Um, and for some types of roles out of the 101, it matters more than others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so things to do now. We talked about the marketinghelp.co forward slash market types. Uh, and that'll be in the show notes. That's that's your first step is to go consume the content, find it, find for yourself what you know. Start learning more about the market types, who you are, who's on your team, etc. But be careful if you're the marketing manager looking to use this as part of building your team. Don't do it. If you look at every job description out there, what happens is most marketing managers are trying to find the person that has every market type. Eh. Be careful. Not the idea. Uh, not, not the idea. As much as you're looking at these thinking like, oh, I'll just find someone who has everything. You'll find no one. Um, rather, there's a primary, there's so a secondary, true. there's the overlaps, which will be part of that documentation you can check out. Uh, so do take this as a kind of evolution in your understanding of yourself and your team. Because again, we talked about the years ago that we started talking about this. It was to identify a better way uh, for marketers to identify their true spirit, if you will, uh, but in the overall context of how this is going to help them develop and advance their career. So any, any did, parting thoughts? No, I can't, I can't say it any more perfectly than that. Um, the, you know, we, we, we designed this concept and the tool uh, and the forthcoming assessment, the market type assessment as a way to understand your strengths and short up your weaknesses so that you become promotable, so that you can get that raise or that promotion faster, more easily, build better relationships with your manager and with others in your network to create new opportunities for your career. And that also means building out the team that's structured to get all of your work done and hit your goals as a manager or as a team leader. So it's it's up, down, and across. And uh, we hope you get a ton of value out of it. We're going to be releasing a lot of uh, other really great uh, assets, guides, and assessments around market types in the near future. Cool. So, so this and some other great uh, resource links will be found on the show notes. Um, and if anybody, you have questions about, you know, after you look at the information, please ping us, right? Shoot us an email. Uh, connect at themarketinghelp.co. Happy to walk through it with you for you or your team. Um, otherwise, uh, looking forward to uh, the next topics that we uncover because we got a ton of them and, and they're coming. So stay tuned, subscribe, make sure you stay tuned to the, the upcoming podcast episodes and we will see you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. All right. Great stuff as always. Thanks, Jed, for joining. And remember to check the show notes for links mentioned in the episode. You can start by checking out the marketinghelp.co forward slash marketypes. 
M-A-R-K-E-T-Y-P-E-S. And that's going to give you a deeper dive into what Jen and I talked about in this episode. Uh, A couple good exercises you can use when implementing and checking out and applying to your teams. Now, two things you should do now that you're more familiar with market types and which one you are. First, did you decide which market type or hybrid of market types that you are, right? Recognize it, own it. Second, did you identify and hear the market type of your manager and, you know, learn more about what makes them tick? Now, with these market types identified, the big question is how do you better manage up, down, across, you know, by communicating your market type and your known tendencies and the tendencies of your team, maybe get your team to try it out too. Give it a shot. Let us know how it goes. Uh, you can always email us. Email us your findings, your questions at connect at themarketinghelp.co. Again, connect at themarketinghelp.co. And until next time, this is your host, Eric Harbison. And remember, today is a great day to start advancing your marketing career. <laughs>